Oh, great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello and welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode 11. My name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And today we're going to be talking about the new Joss Whedon, Drew Goddard film, The Cabin in the Woods. We also have Ryan with us to talk about the 1993 film Fortress, starring Christopher Lambert, in honor of Lockout that came out this Friday. And finally, we'll be making some of our predictions for this week's opening films. Uh, Let's first go over some of what we watched this week. Kevin, what's on your list? Um, I just finished, not but ten minutes ago, Monsieur Lazar, the okay. Canadian film that was uh, nominated for an Oscar for mm-hmm. Best Foreign Language Film, and uh, it was pretty damn good. It looks really good. Yeah, I was a little skeptical at first because I'm sort of, I don't know about you, but I'm sort of tired of the whole inspirational teacher movie Ugh, yeah i don't it's, like that. It, yeah it's sort of been done a bit too often but i have to say that this was very well done now this is french this is french canadian right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's somewhat different than all of those other movies it starts off with uh it's a pretty dark let's just say that the one of the first scenes is one of the small children it takes place at like uh I want to say elementary school and uh kids taking milk to his classroom and the door is locked and you just see that his teacher is hanging from the ceiling oh yeah so that's how it starts off Mm. and uh you know the kids are trying to deal with it and uh of course they hire like a psychologist or psychiatrist i'm sorry to try and help the kids out and they are looking for a replacement, can't find anyone, and then an, uh, an Algerian man comes in for the job. And he's he's dealing with his own tragedy where he lost his family in Algeria because his wife uh, published a book that they did not take too kindly to. Mm. So it's sort of, the kids sort of teach him about grieving and he at the same time teaches them and it has a little twist at the end. Sounds pretty good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's extremely, I want to say, you know, it's a very heartwarming film, but also just very honest and mature. Like, the kids are very mature in it. Hmm. Do you want to try to pronounce uh, the the writer and director's name? No, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to try anyways. Here we go. Philip Falado? We'll go with it. Falado? I don't know, man. I think it might be Philippe. Yeah, that's why I was wondering. I don't know how the French do that. But also, watching this movie, I, I'm i sort of biased to French movies because I could just listen to the French language all day. <laughs> uh, all day. It's just the best. And the music, the soundtrack for the movie was very good as well. And you'll be doing a review for us for that? Yeah. Yes, I will. I will be starting that when I'm done this podcast. Cool. So we'll have that up on the site shortly. Mm -hmm. Uh, First movie I saw this week was Badass, the (laughs) Danny Trejo film. It's on on demand right now. Uh, What to say about this? It's not good. (laughs) Don't bother with it. Mm. It's based on a YouTube video. So that... Yeah, I don't know if you saw the... There's a YouTube video that's been floating around for a few years where this um, older gentleman beats up this guy that's bullying some people on a bus and he kind of turns into this, like, internet sensation. And they decide to make a movie about it. It's written and directed by a guy named Craig Moss. The only other credits that he has are a movie that he came out with last year called Breaking Wind, which is a parody film of the twilight movies mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like one of those yeah scary movies he yeah. also he also did a movie called the 41 year old virgin who knocked up sarah marshall oh, and felt God. super bad about it oh he's the guy that did that yep 
So, oh, not God. a lot to work with there. The oh, movie, God. the movie, Badass is probably better than those two movies, but it's not. It's not good. Like when I was watching it for like the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, I couldn't tell if they were trying to be serious or if they were trying to be funny. It was like completely unclear. Why? What? Ron Perlman makes some questionable decisions. Yeah, he's he's kind of hit or miss. I mean, he makes a lot of good stuff, and I love him in Sons of Anarchy. But in this movie, he's barely in this movie. He's he's kind of the main bad guy, but at the same time, he's not really in it too much. He plays the mayor of the, the mm. town that they're in. And it's just all around really bad. It's not worth seeing. Can you tell me more about the character Sluggy Corn Nuts? I don't know. I don't remember who that is. Oh, he's played by Danny Woodburn. Oh, oh, I do know who he is. Um, he's the neighbor of this girl that Badass is trying to track down. Mm. He's only in it for like two seconds. Uh, he's, yeah. he's not really in it too much. Danny Woodburn, for those that people don't know, is was Mickey on Seinfeld. Yeah, Mickey on Seinfeld. The yeah, the what I do, what did they ooh, little person little, little person? I was, okay. Yeah. So that's a definite skip. It's Oh, are you kidding me? It's terrible. <laughs> what what number would you give that? Out of ten I would probably give it a three. Three. Yeah. I actually we are gonna be reviewing it for the site. I'm not reviewing it, but so. Uh, I have I have one of our contributors reviewing it, so mm. I think he said that that'll be up within the next couple of days. And so the, we'll... and then he'll quit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta stop giving these guys terrible movies to review. I really do. Uh, they gotta stop making them. I guess that's I guess that's what it is. The second movie I saw this week was Cabin in the Woods, and we're gonna be talking about that in detail later this uh, this episode. Uh, and I also saw the raid redemption. This is, and I have to say, I hate you for it. This is not only the best <clears throat> martial arts movie I have ever seen, and that's a strong statement coming from me because I love martial arts films. Even better than Enter the Dragon, dare I say it? Mm-hmm. This this movie is so good. I loved every second of this movie, and. The problem with a lot of action movies like this is it's all style, no substance. You mm-hmm. have, it's like, you know, a lot of people kind of equate these types of films with porn, where you go in for one purpose, you know, and, and everything else is just filler. Mm-hmm. And with this movie, everything is done superbly. The yeah. act. The acting, the camera work, I mean, the camera work is incredible in this movie. Uh, everything about it is just phenomenal, and I cannot recommend this movie enough. Yeah, because usually a lot of those action movies, is like the in-between parts are just sort of like setting it up, just setting mm-hmm. it up, like they're going to fight soon, here's, and the cool- some, here's some filler, <laughs> little, oh, yeah. there's a wall. Here comes that guy. Here come all they're going to fight. And there there are certainly lulls in the action in this movie. But the cool thing about how they do it is in the beginning of the movie, there's about five minutes of setup. That's all you need. It's a group of SWAT guys uh, raiding this tenement building that's owned by this crime lord. And that's all you need to know. As far as character development... They, they kind of set that up as the movie progresses. So during these crazy action scenes, you, you can feel the characters' personalities coming out. And you start to learn who the characters are as the action is unfolding. Mm-hmm. Which is a really, really great way to kind of um, truncate everything into just one just amazing film. I think I do remember reading, I think I read it in film comment, which uh, tipped me off that this is probably going to be an insanely good action movie. Is 
I think for like six months they rehearsed, you know, all the choreography before mm-hmm. they started filming. And I'll tell you, that's the other thing that just blew me away with this movie was the choreography. I've never seen anything like it. It's an Indonesian film, but it's actually directed by a Welsh guy. His name's Gareth Evans, but he's done two or three other Indonesian films. The martial arts style that they use is something that's that I've never seen before, and I'm not sure if it's in any other movies other than what this guy's directed previously. Uh, but it's really, really cool. And the way that they mix the gunplay with the hand-to-hand stuff, there's a lot of knife combat in it too. It's really, it's realistic in that when they first, you know, go into the building, they have all these guns and stuff, but as they're moving up, they're running out of ammo and they have to resort to using knives and fists and stuff. And the action in it is like nothing you've ever seen before. It will blow your mind. <laughs> like I said, the, the choreography is just stupendous. I don't know how they did it because a lot of the fight scenes are really long and very, very detailed and intricate involving a lot of people. And it's just amazing how they were able to film it. And what is the, what is the martial arts that they use? Uh, it's called like Silac or something or pen. There's, I'm not exactly sure because there's, two main martial arts styles in Indonesia and um, the the main one is actually a combination of the two so I'm not sure if it's just one of the two that they have in the movie um, because I've actually read a couple different reviews that that talk about it and some of them said that it's uh, what's it called Uh, Pencak Salat, and then some of them just said that it's Silat. Mm. So I'm not exactly sure which one or combination of those styles, but it's really cool to watch. It's if you remember, if you've ever seen Ong Bak, that was really the first type of movie that had the Muay Thai fighting, where there was a lot of elbows and knees being thrown and stuff, and that was okay, but it wasn't that fun to watch. With this, um, this fighting style focuses a lot on really close combat and there's a ton of knife combat and that's something the way that they handled knives was something that was completely unique to this movie Mm -hmm. okay it is called penchat salat yeah it's an umbrella term for the martial arts from indonesia and i think like i said i think that that's a combination of those two two different styles that they kind of Mm. uses the main style but yeah yeah what i'm reading here is that pen chat was used in like the central and the east and then salat was used in another region of indonesia and then they just sort of formed the two of them yeah but go see this if if it's playing in your city and it's been having a staggered release schedule so it just came out here in florida um this past friday but it is coming out in more theaters every week, so if it's not playing in your area, just keep an eye out. It is absolutely a must-see. One funny thing, when we went to go see this, <laughs> there was an old couple, an elderly couple, that came into the theater right before the movie started, and they sat directly behind us, and I leaned over to my girlfriend and I said, these people are walking out of this movie. They don't know what they're getting into. And they made it maybe 30 minutes, and which is funny because, you know, I said that there's a five-minute setup at the beginning of the movie. Right after that, they introduce the villain of the film, and mm-hmm. it is such a brutally violent scene. And the couple made it through that, but then, but then once the action really started ramping up... They were they were done. They just left. Mm. Oh, that's great. But it's I cannot say enough about it. Our review I gave it an eight and a half out of ten. But the more I think about the movie, and the more I want to go see it again in the theater, kind of tells me that I might have to up my score to an actual nine. Oh, that 
that uh, it brings up a question that I wanted to ask you. Do you find it hard to give newer movies tens when yes. you're watching them? Absolutely. Because you just you don't you don't want to give it to them right off the bat because you want to see how they you know yep. stand the test of time. Yeah, it's such a coveted score, and even a nine is yeah is hard for me to give out, but. I honestly think I'm going to give the raid a nine and I gave cabin in the woods an eight. And the more I think about that movie, I might up my score to like an eight and a half on that one. Mm-hmm. Not a nine, but an eight and a half maybe. But then also, so, how do you do this? Like when you do the raid redemption, do you base it on just the film itself or do you base it in the genre of, well, when so I review, when I do reviews, I base them off of uh, all movies, not just the specific genre that that movie's in. Okay. I try to I try to look at what we on the site have reviewed previously and just kind of base it off of that. Okay. If I was basing this movie just off of the martial arts or action genre, it'd be a ten. Okay. Because that's, there's that's there what is, I wanted to know. There is no movie that is touching this movie it is on a a completely different level now is i think and correct me if i'm wrong but gareth evans is going to do is going to direct or have some part in the american remake uh he might i don't i I don't know i mean i actually don't know a whole lot about the american remake other than it's terrible it's terrible idea yeah the only thing i'm seeing is on uh, imdb under Gareth Evans, you know how they have the projects and development off to the side. Mm-hmm. It says the raid 2014, but there's no subtitle, so I don't know if it's a sequel or if they're yeah, gonna be an American remake. Or I, how I, that's gonna work. I don't know. That might be he might be the type of guy that does that, where he does the original and then he does something with the, the American remake. But he's working on two sequels for the original, so. Mm. It might be hard for him to do two sequels and the American remake. As yeah, well. maybe maybe it's just like a consultant on the American remake. I which, don't know, which would make it even worse. I have a feeling that the American remake of it is just going to be awful. Oh, I'm just I'm getting so sick and tired of that. As soon as a foreign movie comes out, American remake. Yeah. It's, now it's... with now without reading. Yeah. <laughs> Now with all white people is uh yeah, all the exa- action yeah, stars. Exactly. And it's it's that's see that's the thing. This movie yeah, because white, of white because people of the, don't white people don't know Penchak Slat. Actually, you know what's funny? Uh there is a white guy in, in the SWAT oh, there, team. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I mean he, okay. he he looks white. I don't know if he is, but he definitely looks white. Um, did you see any other movies this week? Uh, just Cabin in the Woods. Okay. We'll come back to that. Uh, the only other movie I saw this week was on demand. It was called Jesus Henry Christ. I just looked that up because I saw that you saw that and that looks somewhat interesting, but I'm, I'm very skeptical because is this another movie where the kid is wise beyond its years and like a little super genius type that deal. doesn't even touch the surface of what this kid is he has okay so basically the film stars tony collette she has this son who is basically a super genius he can uh, he yeah. can remember everything that he sees and everything that he reads okay i mean it's like superhuman this kid this kid's yeah. abilities i already dislike him uh, he's I'm not. So, I'm so sick and tired of that. As a yeah, he's dude. not as annoying as like the kid in, in extremely loud and incredibly close. But he is kind of annoying, and basically, it's just about him trying to locate his father, who's played by Michael Sheen, and sort of rekindle their relationship. It's filmed in a very quirky way, as a lot of these movies seem to be mm-hmm. um, going. I, yeah, just looking at the poster, it looks quirky. Yeah, there's a lot of cutaways and like Wes Anderson type things happening. 
where it's funny, but at the same time, there's there's some serious parts to it. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's, it's okay. It wasn't great. I was mildly entertained by it, but like you said, I'm just a little tired of these types of movies. Mm. I'm reading here that it was originally a short. Yes, the writer and director, Dennis Lee, uh, did the original short, I believe. Uh, okay. And this guy, uh, Dennis Lee, he did last... Well, I guess it wasn't last year's movie. But he did a movie called Fireflies in the Garden that was critically panned in every uh-huh. aspect. And this has a huge cast in it. But Yeah, it does. Critics... I mean, it- it's Critics. based off of a Robert Frost poem. Mm-hmm. Really? And critics ripped this apart. So, I didn't see it, but it, from what I read, it wasn't very good. Yeah, I, I don't know. And the funny thing is that anytime I see Robert Frost, I just think Bob Frost. <laughs> Bob Frost. Bob Frost. I just, I just imagine Roberto Benigni saying Bob Frost. <laughs> from down by law oh my let's uh you want to do some Ryan watch the movie of course always forever all right let's get it going this is ryan watches a movie where we get our friend ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not oh no crawl kids got me getting sick <laughs> Welcome back, Ryan. What movie do we have you watch this week? The Fortress. The Fortress or just Fortress? Not the Fortress. <laughs> Starting off great. Uh, I, have, I have a quick question. When we do the intro to that, is is it recorded that Ryan's laughing or does Ryan just laugh every time? No, we, we, just, we just laugh no, every time. Laugh. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so this week we gave you 1993's Fortress starring Christopher Lambert. This is in honor of Lockout coming out this week, the Guy Pierce future jail movie. Let's go ahead and, you know, I was going to pick Escape from New York because that's the obvious choice when looking at Lockout, but uh, I think we all probably saw that movie and I actually yeah. like... Uh, Escape from New York quite a bit. So uh, Let me read the IMDb synopsis here. It's a futuristic prison movie. That's the first sentence. Protagonist and wife are nabbed at a future U.S. emigration point with an illegal baby during population control. The resulting prison experience is the subject of the movie. <laughs> it's the pr- ridiculous. The prison is a futuristic one run by a private corporation bent on mind control in various ways. Probably Oh shit. Why why would the prison not be futuristic if it's a futuristic prison movie? <laughs> this is I I w- I just want to go through <clears throat> the plot keywords and then the tagline cuz I like this a lot. And it, when I go through the plot keywords, try and guess why I like it so much. Escape, prisoner, laser, mixed martial arts, <laughs> escaped convict. <laughs> and then the tagline is, a prison of the future, a high-tech hell, built to hold anything except an innocent man. Ooh. Except Christopher Lambert. Oh my. This is I just a... like that they have laser. <laughs> laser is a keyword. I'm yeah. clicking on it to see what other movies pop up. <laughs> There are many lasers in this movie. Ah, okay. Lasers are actually a character in the movie. This is directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, He didn't do a whole lot. He's not a very prolific name, I would say. He he did Reanimator, which is a pretty great movie. And the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show. And he, he did a bunch of other stuff, too, but... This, this is one of these movies that has, like, 25 writers. It's, it was written by Troy Neighbors, Stephen Feinberg, David uh, Venable, Terry Curtis Fox. So we got four writers on this. Four writers can't make a good movie. Generally, if there's a lot of writers on a movie, it's usually a bad sign. 
Yeah, because I, I wonder how many of those are actually rewrites. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of them are rewrites. I think the general exception to the rule is probably Pixar, because usually Pixar movies have, like, five writers, and they usually turn out pretty good. But we have a trailer here. This is 1993's Fortress. Oh, no. <laughs> 30 stories below ground. Halfway to hell. And no way out. What they give you? 31 years. You are about to enter the fortress. A privately owned maximum security prison operated by the Mentel Corporation. John Ruddock, the most decorated captain in the history of the Black Beret. Prisoner 95763, step forward to be intestinated. You have nothing. You are nothing. We will monitor your behavior. I don't think you realize your predicament. You have nowhere to hide. We will control your thoughts. The law is clear. We must maintain the population balance. We will invade your dreams. This is an unauthorized thought process. Okay. I think I just realized something. Wouldn't it? The, the woman announcers talking like the prisoner numbers i think that's uh used in an lp song oh really yeah so he probably because he's like a huge blade runner fan so i'm sure he's probably a fortress fan as well or he's making fun of fortress either one or he at least saw fortress the voice one of the main voices you heard in that trailer is kirkwood smith um he yeah, plays... he should stick to that 70s show and not make me. <laughs> yeah, he's red from that 70s show. He was also in, uh, he was also the bad guy in Robocop. Yeah. And if you remember what? that. He was in a movie I watched a few weeks ago. Can't remember what it was, but it was a movie for you guys. Oh, really? And he was in it. He, he uh, does a lot of stuff. He does a lot he... of stuff. Oh, did you also notice that Clifton Collins Jr. is in this movie? Yeah, now, I didn't think he was that old. Uh, I thought Clifton Collins Jr. was like a... He must have been really young, I would say. Do you know who that is, Ryan? He I don't Nino, know. Nino Gomez. He was born in 1970. Yes. Wow. Is that the douchebag from Boondocking still? Yes. From yes. what? Yes, yep. Yeah, he was in Boondock Saints, too, mm. unfortunately. I actually another, like him. Another like movie that should have not been made. Why don't you tell us about the plot of uh, Fortress, Ryan? Um, Basically, uh, Christopher Lambert... Uh, I need to start off by saying a few things. Okay. First of all, when you watch this movie, there's no title screen at all. None. It doesn't tell you what the title of the movie is for... The entire duration of the movie. Nice. It's not there. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> this movie, uh, I don't even, it's f***ing ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Christopher Lambert also looks a lot like, who am I thinking of? The guy from Hong and... No. Yeah. Oh my God! Why am I drawing a complete no, blank t- t- right now? Uh, Tom Thomas Jane. Jane. Yeah. 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 I I don't know if he looks like that overall or just in this movie. He looks like a mix between Thomas Jane and Steven Seagal. Uh, yeah, kind of like a young Steven yeah, Seagal. Like a, <laughs> not, like not a, the bloated one. Yeah, and non-existent thin. Steven Seagal. Well, when you look at the poster for Fortress, it, he really looks like Thomas Jane there. Yeah. The next thing I'd say is that five minutes into this, you see a plethora of penis. <laughs> nice, Ooh. nice alliteration. And, uh, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I didn't slow it down at all, but I'm pretty sure that you see uh, Christopher Lambert's wiener, and then like ten minutes later... <laughs> He's having a dream, and him and his wife are having sex, and I'm pretty sure you can see his ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> how was it, how was Christopher Lambert's ball sack in this movie? Absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's what he remembers. I love. I, I, tell us about it's, the plot of the movie. Well, 
There's a lot of wiener. It starts off. It starts off with this is the reason I love Ryan's reviews because it starts off with there's no title card and then there's penises. <laughs> You're so descriptive. <laughs> That's all he had. That's all he had to say. So basically, Christopher Lambert, wife. He impregnates his wife for the second time. And they live in a society where you can only have one kid. So they both get thrown in this jail. Meanwhile, she's, like, still pregnant all the time. I don't understand why, if you were going to jail someone, why would you allow them to keep their child? The reason that they're in jail. They both get thrown in this jail. His wife is in the top level, and he is in, like, the 31st level or something. And it's thrown a cell with... This is, like, a cell that is probably the size of what normal jail cells that I've seen on TV. And there's five people in it. It's rough. And there's there's five people in all. But anyway... He, they insert some kind of, like, I don't it's called a testinator in the movie. But basically, they force you to swallow this little mechanical thing, and they can control your behavior and kill you if they'd like. Ooh. With the, they just make it explode. So, they they go through and, you know, general general things not pertaining to the story happen. And then after that, they figure out how to get this intestinator out of their stomach. So, him and, like, four other people get him out of their stomach. And... They use them, like, when they're set off, they blow things up. And they use them to blow a hole in this heating duct. Mm. And... (laughs) 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 When they they blow a hole in the heating duct, Kurt Smith is the, like, prison person he's like the main prison guy he like turns on steam mm. so that they can't go anywhere good idea Carl Smith also take Christopher Lambert's wife and like tries to sleep with her basically mm-hmm. and raise the child as his own. That fails. It all fails. That sounds like a pretty dedicated warden. Yeah. And they eventually end up taking over the prison and escaping. And after they escape, the best the best thing happens. There's it's Christopher Lambert, his wife, and the the guy from the Dark Saints, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. In some, like, remote barn. And his wife gives birth to their child. Well, when they escape, they use an 18-wheeler to drive away. While they're giving birth, or while she's giving birth, the 18-wheeler comes to life. And what? The what? Yeah, what? you heard me correctly. It turns into a Transformers, and they like tries to kill everyone. And... <laughs> what? what? It sounds like you just made all of this up. No, I did not watch it. Me. I and want Chris to now. Lambert. All right. When the truck comes to life, Christopher Lambert tries to shoot it with a machine gun, and that fails. So he gets a flamethrower and... Better idea. Yeah, somehow that deters the truck and 
makes it drive into a building and blow up. So shooting with a flamethrower made it drive into a wall? Correct. Mm. So it sounds like at the end of the movie it turns into Maximum Overdrive. Do you remember that movie with uh, Emilio Estevez? <laughs> I do. That movie was one of those ones that it, they always played it on like sci-fi on TV. Yeah. I do have to point out that Fortress won the Saturn Award for Best Science Fiction Film at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. I don't know. Well, no, it was, it was nominated. I'm sorry. to <laughs> win. <laughs> I wonder what won that year. 93. I know. Crawl. <laughs> I love the fact that every time you say crawl, it sounds exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. <laughs> So, Fortress got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. It takes place in 2017, so, like, how futuristic is it? I mean, that's only five years from now, so... That, that part of it, well, it's not too, like, aside from the truck coming alive and trying to kill them, nothing crazy like insane unbelievable so there's like no flying cars or anything like that no Ooh, update fortress lost out in 1994 to jurassic park and best science fiction film oh i bet that was a close one i love how the two two of them were nominated side by side that's the best you know you want to know you want to know what else is nominated uh to you know full circle here robocop 3 robocop 3 yeah that was the worst one <laughs> demolition man fire in the sky man's best friend the meteor man <laughs> meteor what what is this <laughs> supposed to be the worst because all those movies are horrible i did like fire in the sky but the other ones were ridiculous i think i like demolition man when i was a little kid but it's a f***ing stupid movie. You liked what? Demolition Man? Yeah, when I was I little. I think I did too. I'm sure we all did. I mean, it's got Stallone, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like, uh, it's like virtual reality. Remember how that was like real big in the 90s? Oh, that was huge. The Lawnmower Man and Johnny Mnemonic and all of those. Good times. Yeah. Good times. The 90s were awesome. They were. Anything else to add about Fortress, Ryan? It's f***ing retarded to waste your time watching it. Tell us what you really feel. <laughs> that is what I really... So you're saying I shouldn't gift this to you on Blu-ray? Uh, they make this on Blu-ray. I believe they do. Oh this my is what God. You're getting, this is what you're getting for Christmas. Oh. I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure, I'm, pretty sure I'm Amazon has what? it. I'm getting you all of the 1994 Saturn film <laughs> nominees for best science fiction. Meteor Man. Or Blu-ray. Like, yeah. I remember that movie. That movie was really bad. Who was the... Eddie Murphy. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. I'm looking at it. It was now. somebody... It, it wasn't Eddie Murphy, but it was somebody else. But I... I want you one. He does the uh, Robert Townsend. Really? Yes, Robert Townsend. There you go. Written and directed and starred. Robert Townsend. Meteor Man. I remember I had a poster for Mm -hmm. Meteor Man. Terrifically entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) I like Robert Townsend, though. I actually like him. I like him, but Meteor Man? No. No. I'm not going to go that far. Oh my! All right, Ryan, I'm gonna give you a drum roll. Wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. I oh, also yeah. want him when he does when he rates the movie. I also want him to rate Christopher Lambert's ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> Should I include that? Should I make it a combo score? <laughs> Or should I make it one and one? You go the fortress score, and then say slash, and then this the ball sack score. Yeah, all right. Because <laughs> right. I know that you scored it in your head when you got home. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about the Lambert sack. All right, so as you know, Ryan, I'm going to play the drum roll. While the drum roll is playing, you announce yeah, the it, score. It doesn't matter how much I know. I'm still going to f*** 
America's up. <laughs> sure are. All right. That's why we love you. Ryan, what do you give Fortress? Fortress Black. Why? I think that from now on, when you do the drum roll, it should be a little softer. Okay. Because I did hear him, but yeah, I heard him say, I I heard him say Fortress Slash. Yeah. But I didn't hear. All right, let's let's try it again. Three. <laughs> okay, now I made it softer that time, but we st- he, st- he didn't say anything. <laughs> it wasn't that we just didn't hear him, he just didn't say anything. Uh, it's back to his original problem. Fortress <laughs> uh, slash ball tag. <laughs> All right. I'll give it to me. So that's a three on both accounts? Uh, ball tag. Ball tag one, maybe. We'll give it a four. Ball sack one, movie three. Okay, all right. God. Three. (sighs) Very nice. Ryan, you're the best. So that's a three out of ten for 1990. Or four? Is it a four? Is it a four or a three? Three? It's a four. Four? I thought you said a four and then minus one for the ball sack? Yes. To a three? Okay, three, so yeah. the final, yeah. final score is yeah. a three. Okay. Gotcha. There you have it. 1993's Fortress with Christopher Lambert. Three out of ten on the Ryan scale. Thank you very much for being with us again, Ryan. We'll have you back next week for another fantastic movie. The Ryan scale is the only scale that matters. Yeah. That's the only one you need to go by. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Not a problem. We'll see you next week. See you later. Uh, I would like to talk a minute about Amazon. At this point in the show, we always talk about Amazon. And today I'm going to go over some of the notable DVD and Blu-ray sales that are on Amazon right now. All you got to do to help us out is go onto our site at filmpulse.net, click on the Amazon banner on the right side, and shop as you would normally. My wife did that today. Nice. She she Amazon today, and I'm actually going to Amazon later today. Is that is that like a new term, Amazoning? Yeah, that's what me and my wife call it for oh, real. Oh, that's right. We, I remember you yeah, telling me yeah, that. That's right. Yeah, she Amazon. She got five books for thirteen dollars. Are you there kidding you go. me? There you, you go. Kidding me? I'm getting one. I'm going to get some books, whatnots. You can also go to our Film Pulse store where we have some of the DVD and Blu-ray releases that we talk about during the week on the site and on the show. One thing I'd like to mention, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, two-disc Blu-ray DVD combo, $7.99 on Amazon. See? That's why you call it Amazon. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, The Godfather Collection Blu-ray. This is the Coppola restoration. Now, I I actually have this, and it is a phenomenal... Uh, Blu-ray. It's thirty-five ninety-nine for all, all three. For all of them, plus uh, it's got some a ton of special features. It has like a booklet with it. What? Yeah, it's totally worth it. Oh. And speaking of Joss Whedon, who we're gonna talk about in just a second, Serenity DVD Blu-ray combo and digital copy for eight forty-nine. What? So, See? Now, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen Serenity, but I've not. It's good. Like, I, I'd have to admit that I'm, I haven't seen much by Joss Whedon. I'm I haven't a, seen a ton of his stuff, but I'm not a big Josh Whedon fan. Uh, I I am a fan of his. Serenity's definitely good. I think you would like that. No, well, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Let's talk about Cabin in the Woods. Let's. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to get into a lot of spoilers. It's really impossible to talk about this movie without spoiling everything. So, what we're going to do is we're going to put in the show notes the time code of when we start talking about the spoilers. And then you can just kind of skip over it or fast forward through and then we'll put the end. So, let's talk about what we generally thought about the movie 
first and then we'll get into some details and then talk about some spoilers with it. So for those of you that are unaware, Cabin in the Woods, the movie that came out this past Friday, uh, is directed by uh, Drew Goddard and written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. It stars uh, Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth, and this is actually pre-Thor Chris Hemsworth. So that just lets you know how long this movie's been floating around. Yeah. And uh, Anna Hutchinson. And it also stars um, uh, Richard Jenkins. And there's Jenkins. a couple of, there's a couple other people that are in it that we'll talk about later in the spoiler section. Uh, what did you think of Cabin in the Woods? Um, I thought it was a good time. I had fun watching this movie. Uh, I think that you know that I'm not a big horror movie fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into horror movies that much. I don't, I don't know why. They just never connected with me, except for Japanese horror movies for some reason. I don't know why. But I've never been into slasher films. I was never into Jason, you mm-hmm. know, Nightmare on Elm Street. I was never into any of those movies. But this was... And I just, I really want to fast forward and get to the spoiler parts. <laughs> because, yeah, this, it was just, it was really fun. It was, it was, a, you know, it was a, um, it was a horror movie that commented on every single horror movie that came before it. Yep. Which I loved. And one thing to note is that there is a lot of comedy in this movie. It was, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was laugh out loud funny. The, I thought that the script was this movie's saving grace. This is the script yeah. is really what made this movie. Yeah, the dialogue was very snappy and it breaks a lot of the horror cliches. It yeah. points them out and actively mm-hmm. breaks yeah. them. Essentially, the script, the script is almost written from every person that's ever watched one of those horror movies. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, why, why, why are you splitting up? Mm-hmm. Why are you, what, what are you doing? And they sort of comment on that. But that also brought me to something that it seems like it's part of our culture now. I guess our uh, our generation where we like to comment on everything. Mm-hmm. Sort of this whole meta thing. Yeah. It, which self-effacing and all that. Yeah, as far as meta goes, this movie is very meta. Yeah, and I'm sick and tired of meta. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of the term. Uh, I'm also, uh, as a side note, I'm also tired of the term trending. I'm, I'm, I hate that. We should just do a show of things that we're tired of, because I have so many. I, oh, And it's funny, because I'm 28 years old, but I feel like an old man sometimes. <laughs> Because of the things that I hate. So, you, what would you give Cabin in the Woods out of 10? Mm. Cabin in the Woods out of 10, I gave it a 7. 7. Good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. For not liking uh, horror movies, I would say 7 is pretty good. Yes. And we will discuss it more in the spoilers as why I liked it. There was a reason that I really appreciated it. Well, if you want to read my thoughts, I posted the review on the site. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Like I said, I might be upping that to an 8.5. In the review, I didn't give away any spoilers. In fact, I didn't talk about the plot of the movie at all. So it is safe to read. And if you're planning on going to see this movie, don't watch any trailers. Don't read anything about it. Just go see it cold. Because yes. that's that's the way to really take something away from this movie. Yes, that's it's exactly the way I did it. I the only thing I saw was one trailer because I think I watched like 30 Rock or something on my computer and of course they always have like the trailers. That's mm-hmm. the commercial breaks. That was the only trailer I saw. I didn't read anything about this movie. All I knew is I think it had like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty high up there. Um, yeah, and I knew Josh Whedon did it uh, because of you. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you told me that it was a good movie and everything, and that's the reason I went in not knowing anything about this movie, which it, definitely made it better. 
Yeah, it, it currently has a 92%. So critics are definitely loving this movie. Let's go ahead and get into the spoiler section. As we said, if you haven't seen the movie, please fast forward through this. Uh, and we'll have the time codes in the show notes. So we are in a spoiler section now. Spoiler zone. What'd you think? What'd you think about the ending? Let's just start it off right from there. The ending was perfect. Yep. I did see after I watched this movie, I read. I'm hoping I get this right. I think it was Ebert's review, and Ebert said that uh, Josh Whedon said that this was like a a loving hate letter to um to horror movies and it was just absolutely perfect i love the execution on this movie i i didn't see it coming at all you know what the the funny thing was is i caught it right off the bat oh yeah within within the title credits they were showing all the pictures of you know sacrifices and everything and Mm -hmm. i was like oh they're making human sacrifices to the gods well, see, I had, I had some kind of idea of that, but what I didn't realize was the f- like I didn't know that they had basically every horror movie monster. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like I didn't, I didn't pick up on that until right before they revealed it. And the, I, I had an idea because I mean they give you hints like. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a good movie to go back and rewatch uh, oh, because yeah. there's so many little clues and hints. But after you see it, the more you think about it, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, that's why the person acted like that. Because, like, they poisoned them and they gave them different drugs to inhibit how they, you know, feel and and make them like. And that's kind of the funny thing. Like, Chris Hemsworth, who you would think normally he's just uh, the you know, the jock, he's, he's like the womanizing jock, but like in the beginning of the movie, he's not like that at all. And they, they let you know, like, he's kind of like the nerd, like he's, Mm -hmm. he's not like that. But as the movie progresses, you know that there's something going on, especially when they gas him and make him say, let's split up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Fran Kranz, who plays Marty, the, the stoner, he's sort of the, the every man, like every person that's ever watched a horror movie, mm-hmm. where you're like, no, that's a terrible idea. Why would you do that? Yeah, which is funny because in in the story, he was supposed to like the weed that they gave him was supposed to inhibit his like paranoia or whatever, but it had like a side effect and it um, caused him to be immune to all the different gases that they were pumping into the house and stuff. So he was like immune to everything. So he knew what was going on, even though he was the stoned one. Mm. Um, I, I just thought it was phenomenal from, from the beginning, just the ending, the whole scene, when they went down the elevator from that, (laughs) from that point on, it was just completely out of control. Uh, And this is my thought process behind it. And this is why I really enjoyed this movie. Because as I said before, I am not a big horror fan. I don't really like horror movies at all. But to me, the the ancient gods that they were sacrificing to were the American audience. Mm-hmm. That's what they were. You know, they just, they want the same shit over and over and over again. They mm-hmm. don't... Because they always go out... I mean, how many fucking Friday the 13th movies are there? A lot. How many like... Jason movies are there? And they even did the Jason thing where he, like, falls into the lake and then his yeah. head pops up. I mean, it was just so formulaic and ridiculous. But the gods were like, yeah, we love it. We love it. We do this every year. And I, I just love that about it. And... um. You know how they sort of set everything up at their their betting pool, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and how Bradley Wood for his character just wants the merman so bad. <laughs> yeah. It was so great because once once everything started becoming clear, I leaned over to my girlfriend and I said, "I bet we're gonna see a merman at some point in this oh, movie." You know it. <laughs> and you know it. luckily, we got to see a merman. And that was the other thing that I really liked because 
once it became clear that each of those items in the basement were uh, like a specific type of monster, mm-hmm. I wanted to see them, and I was like, "Oh man, I wonder what would have you know would have been like if they picked the the ballerina mm-hmm. thing or whatever." And I was so glad that we got to actually see all those creatures. And that's what I think the ending was. It was because uh, so often there's so many people that are like, they just, they complain about everything. It's sort of, you know, like an internet type thing where you have the message boards and and they just complain about horror movies or movies in general. And I just think that at the end it was just sort of like, you know what, fuck it, here's everything at once. Yeah. Fucking horror movie to end all horror movies. We're just gonna unleash everything. And I love the uh, like the Hellraiser thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that there were actually like like I said before, it was really funny. But I did think that there were actually some scares in there. It wasn't a very scary movie, but they did have some like jump out at you type things that happened. And it was it sw- it was a movie that switches gears a lot. Like there mm-hmm. was a lot of changes of pace and and things like that richard jenkins was awesome in it sigourney sigourney weaver at the end was awesome richard jenkins and bradley whitford oh yeah they were so funny they were so funny (laughs) just just even the beginning part where he's talking about child proofing the house (laughs) he's liberating his cabinets (laughs) because my my mother has those things that he was talking about where you open up the cabinet but it only mm-hmm. opens just a, tiny a little bit, bit and then you got to get your finger in there and oh my god they're frustrating as hell what'd you think of the the opening title card the, oh where, i love when they do that wasn't that I, awesome i i talked about it when in my review for kill list i love that i absolutely love it where just bam in your face yep they did the same thing with um drag me to hell and that was it was really effective in that movie too. Yeah, that's right. They did do that. They also did it in uh, Hannah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's slowly making a comeback, and I love it. Uh, the way that they did it in this movie though was so perfect. How they had like they were in the golf cart thing, <laughs> and they had just like goofy, <laughs> the goofy faces, and it just hit you. it just hits you. Uh. And, and it's great when you see title cards like that because it sets the tone for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, like in that in that beginning when they hit you with that you know exactly what you're in store for it's gonna be just a funny like thrilling just a hell of a ride and yeah. I thought that 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 movie was just a hell of a ride especially like I said before cannot say enough about the end of the movie the whole oh my end god scene. yeah dude it was it is literally a bloodbath yeah bloodbath and that's really what i think they were saying it was like here there's no reason for you to complain anymore here's everything all at once yep we got everything slashers slashers zombies and i like the fact that the one that they picked was the zombies and i also like um how they had the giant whiteboard in the (laughs) in the thing that had all the different things and the girl's like i i won i picked zombies and he's like no, that those are different. The the ones that they picked were like the inbred family <laughs> torture zombies. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, yes. But um, and I'm trying to think because I was we were discussing this last night. Me and my wife. My wife did. She thought it was okay, but after I explained to her about it more, she had more of an appreciation, like a respect for it. Mm-hmm. But what do you think that the upstairs represented? The what? Upstairs. You know, when they were talking, you know, when the... Uh, oh, yeah. Like, the the tunnel was supposed to implode, but there was a power reroute from upstairs. That I wasn't sure about. Uh, yeah, I, that was one thing that I was never really clear on, if they were referring to the actual gods that did that. I see. Or, to me, what I was thinking was down downstairs was the ancient gods that they were trying to appease with their human sacrifices. Right. Upstairs to me represented 
all of us people that watched horror movies and want something different. Well, and they see, sort of forced it. That and could the, be it. And the, not... the, 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 the middle was Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, which was sort of like Hollywood trying to keep everything formulaic and just same old, same old. And I also thought, okay, well, maybe, yeah, maybe the upstairs is us wanting something more. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe, like, that was the whole point. Like, the the slaughter that happened in the middle, that was the sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, all like it was all supposed to happen like that. They the, the group was supposed to find the people in the middle, and all of that was, that was the ultimate, that mm-hmm. was the ultimate sacrifices by destroying the people in the middle. Yeah. Because I also thought it was sort of like a comment at the end where he's like, giant ancient gods, God, I wish we got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have the, the giant <laughs> hand come up. I thought yeah. that was awesome. It, it was definitely a movie where any other horror movie where you're like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. You see everything in this movie, which is, mm-hmm. which is really plus, cool. Plus, like I said earlier, they sort of make a comment on... Japanese horror films and oh, foreign yeah. horror films and all that stuff is how they fail. They can't. It's not a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. They don't kill people in their horror movies like we it, do. I loved. Uh, I loved how they did that too with uh, all the different monitors that had the different mm-hmm. countries and the different styles of horror movies that were in each of those respective countries. Mm-hmm. And I loved uh, the Japanese one and all the kids <laughs> with the the flowers and the bowl. <laughs> How hard is uh, it to kill nine-year-olds? Oh, that brings me to my point. Uh, yesterday when I told you that I have a movie-going experience that I wanted to talk about because, you know, you had one for the raid. When we went to see Cabin in the Woods, there was probably ten people in the theater. Now, again, we went at like 4.55 in the afternoon. Now, the place that I go to, a lot of times when we go to see movies during the day, there is some, I don't know if they're volunteers or family members or what, but they usually bring in like mentally handicapped people to watch Uh, movies. uh Uh-oh. Okay. So, during the movie, it's dark. I can't see who else is in there, but during the part... Number one, they're just speaking out loud the entire time. I mean, not in hushed tones, just out loud. Oh. And the part where they show that Japan has failed and Bradley Woodford is going, fuck you, fuck you. This woman just starts yelling out loud, fuck you, (laughs) yeah, fuck you. So, at first, I'm thinking back to numerous other times when there's mentally handicapped people in there. So, I'm like, you know, well, I'm not going to get too angry because they're mentally handicapped. But then at the end of the movie, I'm I'm curious. I'm like, I want to know who that was. So, I look. It's an older gentleman. I don't want to say gentleman. And a woman. Get up. Number one, the guy has like the most luscious, snowy white mullet I've ever seen in my entire Ooh. life. And, the, you know, they're both like in their 50s and they just look like trailer trash. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Here I was throughout the whole movie, like, trying not to judge because I thought they were mentally handicapped. But no, they were just Some pieces redneck. of shit. Yeah, they were just pieces of shit. Racist. Oh, well, I think that's a good note to end on with this segment. Definitely go see The Cabin in the Woods. Definitely worth it. We're out of the spoiler zone now, so you won't hear any more spoilers. Um, Welcome back for those of you that fast-forwarded through. Let's quickly go over our predictions for this week's upcoming movies. This is where we like to give what we think the Rotten Tomatoes percentage is going to be for movies coming out this Friday. For, okay, so first we have the lucky one with Zac Efron and Blake <laughs> Danner. Uh, oh, God. U.S. Marine Sergeant Logan uh, Thebolt, who's played by Zac Efron, returns from his oh, third tour break. of duty in Iraq with the one thing he credits with keeping him alive, a photograph he found of a woman he doesn't even know. Prediction. Are you kidding me? Oh, this is a tough one because it's a fucking Nicholas Sparks novel. 
so I want to say that it's going to be terrible, but at the same time, it's a Nicholas Sparks novel, and those usually do somewhat well. So I'm going to say in between like 48%. So we'll say, so you're, you're saying 48 on yeah. that one? Yeah. I'm going to say 45. Oh. I'm going to okay. say 45 just so I can hit, hit the low end. Next we have Think Like a Man. This is based on the Steve Harvey <laughs> book. <laughs> what a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to start this one off by saying, okay, based on Steve Harvey's best-selling book, Think Like a Man follows four interconnected and diverse men whose love lives are shaken up after the ladies they are pursuing buy Harvey's book and start taking his advice to heart. Oh, talk about cross-promotion. Holy shit. Um, this stars Steve Harvey as well. <laughs> Uh, Gabrielle Union, Kevin Hart, uh, and Michael Ely. Just uh, like everyone is in this movie. Tajari P. Henson. Turtle. Is Turtle in it? I think so. Yes, he is. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, Romani Malco, Gabrielle Union, Lala Anthony, Chris Brown is in this goddamn movie. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this, and I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say thirty-two percent. Mm, I was going, I'm going twenty-two. Okay, that's a twenty-two for Kevin, thirty-two for Adam. Let's move on. Chimpanzee. This is the Disney Nature documentary. It's a true life adventure that introduces Oscar, a baby chimp whose playful curiosity and zest for discovery lighten up, light up the African forest until a twist of fate leaves Oscar to fend for himself with a little help. I'm going to say 92%. Yeah, it's a chimp. It's a chimp. It's, a it's narrated by it's narrated by Tim Allen as well. Yes, it is. That might drop it slightly. I don't I don't think it will. I, I think nah. it's going to be high. It's going to yeah. it's going to be up there. What did you give it? 93? 92. Mm, I'll go with 93 then. Okay. <laughs> I think you're going to win that actually. That's it for wide releases. So Oh, that's are you serious? Yep, there's a That's all we have. To, <laughs> that's it for next week. It's going to be a rough week for the site. Yeah, you know how earlier you said that I'm going to try and get this guy's good movies to watch. I know. Not happening. Nope. Unless you give them all a chimpanzee. <laughs> give them all. <laughs> I think uh well I'm sure I'm sure my girlfriend's gonna wanna go see Chimpanzee, so I'll I'll probably end up going to see it. It looks really sad. I think it'll be good. Yeah, it will be. So. It's a chimp. Chimps are awesome. Yeah. Kidding me. And that does it for another show. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit filmpulse.net and we want to hear your feedback. Send us an email at podcast filmpulse.net or call our voicemail line eight five zero three nine one six zero seven five and please take a minute to rate us on itunes we greatly appreciate that all you got to do is just log into itunes type in film pulse and give us a five-star rating because we're awesome and if you want to take a few extra minutes you can write a nice review for us uh for filmpulse.net my name is adam i'm kevin and we will see you on tuesday for dvd and blu-ray releases